All right, let's get it right to the Word and uh, get something good from Jesus. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, um, look at verse 16. We're just going to go through these scriptures here tonight and expound on them. You know, some people say, well, I need to know the will of God, and I don't even know where to start serving God. I don't know what to do to to uh, increase uh, or show my faith, you know, and and give a give a report on that. But here we have direct instructions from the Lord. Now I'm sure that for most of you sitting here, that this is not new, <laughs> some brand new thing. This is certainly uh, scripture that uh, we've heard before. But oftentimes, and we sing a little song with this, "Rejoice Evermore." But oftentimes we sing these words or we, or we hear these scriptures and they become very commonplace to us where they don't really have the impact on us that they should. And it's amazing how much, you know, we could do probably a whole series on the word rejoice. It's amazing how much we are encouraged to rejoice in the word. Why, why do you think that the Lord wants us to be rejoicers? Well, <laughs> Because it's, it's a good way to come back at the devil. And, uh, you, you know, it doesn't say rejoice when you feel good. Rejoice when everything's dandy. Rejoice when <laughs> everything's happy and, uh, and all that. But we are rejoicing always, always rejoicing. Amen. Amen. We're rejoicing when we're blessed and people are blessing us and we're rejoicing when it feels like we're cursed and people are cursing us, amen? And the devil's cursing us. But we rejoice evermore and our faith while this, while circumstances can move up and down like this. How many have ever felt like you, have you ever said, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. I'm going up and down and up and down. I about get to the top and I head back down. We've all been there. We've all had those times in life. Where, uh, it just, you didn't know what was going to come, come at you next. Anybody, uh, say amen to that. But you'll notice that the one thing that can, that is constant, circumstances are never constant, but the word is constant. God never changes. His power never changes. And we can have our faith not change. You say, oh, how can that be? You know, because, you know, uh, when things are great, our faith seems high. When things are bad, our faith seems low. I didn't say what it seems like. I'm talking about what is true. And if you'll hold to the word and do the word when, when, when it's not easy, um, you'll have power to make it easy. Amen. How many believe that we can change the circumstance? We can change the situation. We can make a difference. So rejoice always, evermore. That means day and night, night and day, <laughs> like the uh, old jazz song. Pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, live the rest of your life on your hands and knees, praying and, uh, you know, head down and hands clasped in some posture of prayer, but it just means that we live a life of prayer. Prayer without ceasing means that we we pray uh, when we can. We pray when there's uh, time to pray, 
and we pray, we're instant and ready to pray at all times. Amen. So we pray in the church, and we pray outside the church. That says everything, right? We pray, we pray at home, we pray in the car, we pray walking down the street, we pray uh, at the grocery store, we pray at the mall, we pray wherever we are, amen? We pray without ceasing. So now we're rejoicing, what are we going to do? What's God's will for us? See, there is a, I believe there is a custom will of God for each person that's maybe different than uh, and a calling and an anointing and a gifting that's maybe different than somebody else. That's why it's ridiculous to become jealous of somebody. You know, somebody sings better than you and, you know, it hurts your feelings or <laughs> somebody preaches better than you. It hurts your feelings, you know. Uh, I heard a preacher say, I won't call his name, but I heard him say, uh, I can out preach every any of y'all sitting out there. Well, I used to think, well, what does that mean? Out preach? Does that louder, longer, deeper? What is what in God's name does that mean? Uh, nobody has ever explained it to me. I can out preach you. That's the wrong spirit, by the way. <laughs> That's not, that was a faith guy that said it too. But I, I'm just thinking, what kind of attitude and heart is that? I can out preach you, <laughs> or I can out sing you. See, that's the wrong spirit. Amen. Our attitude should be, well, whatever gifting that the Lord has given me, talent, I'm going to use it for his glory. I'm going to lift up his name. And I'm not going to, if somebody comes along that's better, I'm not going to be jealous of them. Amen. And where I'm going to prefer uh, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, uh, boy, a lot, there's just a lot of hurt feelings sometimes over nothing. And uh, and it should be, you know, I... I uh, I rejoice with you and, and I praise God with you for what you can do that I can't do. Amen. Instead of getting all in a knot. How many know what I mean? It's kind of like a maturity, isn't it? Like just grow up. Sometimes we need to sit down, shut up and grow up. <laughs> ah, praise God. That always gets a big shout. So we have these two things we're doing. We're rejoicing. We're praying without ceasing. We're, you know, we're, we're, uh, walking. I, I really believe that pray without ceasing also means to be ever conscious of the Lord's presence. Amen. Yeah. That, uh, you're just conscious of God with you. You're conscious of the indwelt spirit. You're conscious of the spirit upon you. You're, you have a consciousness and, and an awareness. Amen. Yeah. Of, uh, of the uh, things of God. And then, uh, you get anything out of this? These are just reminders. In verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So this is what I'm talking about. Again, we have here the statement, this is the will of God. I believe this whole passage is talking about that. This is the will of God for your life. And this is for all of us. Like I said, there, everybody has a, uh, I believe a custom, uh, customized w- will of God for your life that might be different than mine or, you know, Pastor Scarlett or my mother. But, uh, your, your will of God for you, you have to, you get that by listing the Holy Spirit. You get it through prayer. You get it through the doors of opportunity that are open to you. Um, amen that you feel led to walk through. And so there's that's the will of God, but also all of this is the will of God. 
and we're none of us are exempt from it. Like you can't say, well, because I'm now a prophet, I don't have to rejoice evermore. I'm walking in a higher level. I mean, these are the crazy things I've heard at meetings, you know, just nutty stuff that you just go, you know, sometimes I've said to my wife, it's kind of too bad. Everybody wants a reserved seat with their name on it. I said, the problem with that is you can't leave when it goes wacky. So if you're in the back, kind of, you know, and they start getting out the Kool-Aid to serve, you can leave before, you know, okay. Uh, you always carry a cross and garlic. It's really out of hand. And a hammer and stake in the trunk. Uh, but... You know, I've just heard the goofiest thing said, uh, uh, you know, that, well, you know, my anointing is so great or my calling is so high that I don't have to do the things that other believers do. And it's like, yes, you do, because that has nothing to do with you being a prophet or a, an apostle or a pastor or whatever. These are just to be a believer. Yes. Amen. Uh, it's nice if you're an evangelist, if you're also a, a believer. That's always good. I've seen exceptions, but <laughs> I think it's God's will that the pastor be saved. Praise the Lord. I think that's a good thing. Amen. <laughs> and you sometimes wonder about folks. You just, you don't say it, but you think it. Amen. Can't help what you think always. All right. So it says, in everything, give thanks. Now that doesn't say for everything. A lot of folks have changed the scripture. Change the meaning to for everything. So something bad happens, you thank God that it happened. Well, that's ridiculous because the Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and called according to His purpose. So, you know, something that comes against you that's harmful that's not from God. You don't thank him for that. You don't thank him for a good case of cancer or whatever. No, that's ridiculous. And yet there are believers who believe like that. But the Bible doesn't say that. If you want to believe that, that's fine, but it's not the Bible. The Bible doesn't say for everything. It says in everything. So if you found yourself in a fight for your health, you found yourself in a fight for your finances or your reputation or whatever else, or some legal thing, uh, in the middle of it, while you're going through it, while you're fighting the good fight of faith, you give thanks. Amen. Amen. What do you give thanks for? You give thanks that God's on your side. You give thanks that no weapon formed against you will prosper. You give thanks that uh, 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 that Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your pains. You give thanks that if God be for us, who can be against us? And those are the things that we give thanks for. And we give thanks that God's with us. And He hasn't left us. And He hasn't forsaken us. Amen? So that's what that means. In everything, not for everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So that would be you <laughs> and me. Amen? Say, that means me. Say that out loud. That means me. Amen. This is, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And, uh, so that means me. He's talking about me. He's talking about you. Uh, it says concerning you. 
now, verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. And, uh, that has, you know, that you could preach a whole night on that. What does it mean to quench the spirit or not quench the spirit? But one of the things that, that Paul said about not quenching the spirit is to not lift the seal of the Holy Spirit, corruption, corrupt communication. He says that, and, and do not basically translate it don't let anybody lift the seal of the Holy Spirit off of you and uh, uh, therefore grieving the Spirit. So quenching the Spirit and grieving the Spirit would be similar. Amen. Uh, I think we quench the Spirit when we try to explain the Bible away because the Spirit can't move in that atmosphere. God has to have uh, an atmosphere of faith to move. Amen. An atmosphere of expectation. Praise God. This is good preaching. The place should be packed to hear this. <laughs> it will be in Jesus' name. We have what we say. Hallelujah. Laugh at the devil. Woo! Careful, I'm going to do the Pentecostal leg kick thing. I just don't want to do that too hard one day and end up on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that would be just cute. Some of you know my, some of you know my stories about, you know, walking the backs of the pews and falling and this. I quit that. We used to have evangelists that did that and they were pretty good at it and I thought that was cool so I thought I would try it. They should have had a warning, don't try this at home, you know. Are y'all having a good time tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's right. Hallelujah. Quench not the spirit. You don't want the, you want the spirit to be flowing in your life, speaking to you, listening to you. Now I'll tell you one way to quench the spirit is talking doubt and unbelief and fear. You know, the spirit of God is not going to feel sorry for you and (laughs) the Holy Spirit's not going to pet your, your flesh stuff. Amen. He's not going to pet it. He, he, he wants you to overcome it. And he wants you to walk as what the word calls you to be an overcomer. Now, hey, it doesn't mean that things don't hurt. It doesn't mean that things don't hurt your feelings or affect you in some way. It doesn't mean that. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, we have to overcome it and say, hey, Jesus overcame the world. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. Certainly I can overcome this, uh, slight that I received or Somebody said something against me. It's worse. Somebody said something against you that's not true. If it's true, it hurts in a different way. <laughs> but if it's not true, it hurts kind of worse. It's like, my goodness, call me all kinds of things, but don't say, you know, certain things. Right? And, uh, and we all have, we're all sensitive. Somebody said, well, that guy's really sensitive. We're all sensitive. Everybody's work. God's made us to be sensitive. Amen. Because when it's working positively, it's a good thing to be sensitive. To be sensitive to the needs of others. Amen. To be sensitive to what maybe someone is thinking or feeling and to, and to be, uh, loving and and caring in that setting. (laughs) But the sensitivity can run the other way too, right? We can be sensitive and get our feelings hurt. I don't know what I'm on this for to help somebody. We can be sensitive and feel uh, 
abused or used in some way. But praise God, we can overcome it. Amen? Amen. And we can put on our big boy and big girl pants, praise the Lord, (laughs) and flip-flops and face the day. Hallelujah. The adult flip-flops are bigger than the children's. I've noticed. Hallelujah. Those are the official shoes of Florida, flip-flops. I've seen people get married here in flip-flops, so, you know, uh, whatever. That's fine with me. I don't care. Um, I'm just saying that you don't find that, you know, up in uh, North Dakota too much. All right. Um, again, so quench not the spirit. Again, it's a capital S. It's talking about the Holy Ghost. And, um, we don't want to do anything to, to quench him, to, to diminish his voice. And I tell you, I tell you what, you talk enough doubt and unbelief and fear and, griping and complaining and uh, going to a little cussing or whatever and anger over things. And the Spirit of God will go quiet on you. I mean, he'll just stand there like, okay, are you done with your fit? And when you get done with your fit, I'll talk to you. But I'll tell you what he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you what you already know in the Word. Amen. Don't everybody shout at once, but it's true. And so the best thing to do if you say, I would like, how many here raise your hand? I'd like to hear the voice of the Spirit stronger and, 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 and more directly. I'll tell you how to get that going is if you'll begin to speak the Word of God yourself out of your mouth over your situations, the Holy Spirit will pick up with that conversation and, and, and He'll embellish it and talk to you further about that and show you things. Call unto me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Oh, Lord, is that possible that we're something we don't know? We think we know everything. We're word of faith people. No, I'm telling you, (laughs) there's things we don't know. And uh, we can be, you know, 98 years old and still probably say there's things we don't know. And the Lord will show you things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach, Pastor. Let us have it. All right. Despise not prophesying. I'm glad that's in the Bible because it's easy to despise them. If you've ever gotten a bum one, I've gotten bum prophecies in front of a whole crowd of people, you know, and you just go, <laughs> not really, but praise the Lord. We love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see how you get enough, you get around enough charismatics, you can see why that's in there. <laughs> Despise not prophesying. We used to call them the parking lot prophets. <laughs> they wouldn't be allowed on the stage because they were so weird. So they got the work in the parking lot on the way. People trying to get in their car and they're trying to give them a word and they're not <laughs> equipped to give anybody anything. And yeah, okay. I don't know if you've ever been assaulted by a parking lot prophet, but <laughs> it's really sad. All right. You want some more? This is this is a really good passage of scripture. Amen. That's really for daily living. We we could read this every morning and it would remind us of some things. Yeah. Prove all things. 
Oh, um, let me let me say, let me back up here on this prophesying. You, somebody might say, well, what do you do if you get a bad prophecy? Now, what does it mean, a bad prophecy? Well, either it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you would have to dismiss it then, or it has nothing to do with anything the Lord's already spoken to you. God's not going to surprise you with a prophecy. Somebody calls you out and says, the Lord says you're going to spend your last years in Bangladesh in a mighty ministry, and you've never even heard the name Bangladesh, and you have nothing on your heart about it. You maybe pray for those people. God bless you. But, you know, unless the Lord's been dealing with you. Now, if the Lord's been dealing with you about something like that, and you get a prophecy, that could serve as a confirmation that you're hearing from God. Amen? But I've seen people called out and had hands laid on them, and somebody said, I'm ordaining you into the ministry, and they haven't had any desire to go to Bible school. They have no desire for ministry or anything. Somebody just calls them out of the audience. And, and, and I've seen so many messes created with somebody that's not called and, 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 and trying to be pushed into a position of leadership that they're not qualified to be in. And they might be fine people and, and okay, but they're not, God's not, God's not doing it. See what I'm saying? So number one, it's got to line up with the word. Yeah. Number two, it's got to line up with what the Lord's already speaking to you about. You say, well, what do I do if I get a bad one? Well, try to walk in love and don't make a scene. And uh, you could do this, shrug and skip it. Hallelujah. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Right. And, uh, you know, let me tell you about preachers, a, a, a secret, is that preachers, like myself, we can get in the flesh. That we don't want to, we try not to, but sometimes, you know, they'll be on a roll or they'll have... <laughs> Three or four pretty good words for people, and they want one for everybody, and they don't always have it. So they'll make up stuff. Uh, not, not, not being malicious or anything like that, but just kind of got in the flesh. Well, we have to give them a pass sometimes. Now, if they do that regularly, then whoever is over them in the Lord would need to uh, correct them and in love and, and, and reprimand them. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. But um, as believers, we can just shrug and give people a pass. Amen? Yeah. Everything doesn't require confrontation. And everything doesn't require a big, you know, blow up. Amen? Yeah. Prove all things. See, that's what we're talking about. Proving it. Prove that out, see? Well, how do you know if that's a good prophet? Well, does any of his stuff come to pass? If it doesn't, it's like that joke about there was a church that was advertised. I saw a picture of this. A church advertised that the prophetic conference will be canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. Okay. It makes you wonder about the quality of the prophetic conference. Okay. Uh, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. You know what I call this? Spiritual triage. In other words, 
every situation, things in your life, relationships, friendships, all kinds of things, you need to go through them as you go through life. This isn't something you do once a quarter. But I'm saying as you are on your journey <laughs> through this life, you do these things. And we we do triage, which means, you know, you it's kind of like if you've ever organized your office or your closet, you go through things because you say, I need to, I need to, you know, I need to organize here a little more. Boy, do I ever need to do that. But anyway, um, don't judge me yet. But um, I, I will tell you that, you know, if you're going through clothing or whatever, you'll have things that are just in, in, in such a, a shape that you, you wouldn't give that to anybody. You just kind of get rid of it. Other stuff you donate maybe to to uh, give to somebody you know or you donate it to Goodwill or whatever. And then other stuff you you repurpose or decide to keep. So you you keep, it says keep, hold fast, which means keep, hold fast that which is good. So spiritually and in every way, it means the same thing. It's not any more difficult than that. Or you're going through your paperwork and what of this can be thrown? What of this can be shredded and gotten rid of? And other stuff, you know, I need to file it or act on it or whatever. So you, you do this triage. And this is what, what the word means about life. We have to do a triage in life. We have to decide what's going to be held fast to. And you hold fast to that which is good. Or if you'd like prefer cleaning out your refrigerator. Amen. <laughs> you hold, you keep the food that's good. You throw out that that's spoiled. Uh, hopefully. Because nobody wants to be your food tester. All right. And uh, so that's easy. We keep what's good and we get rid of the rest. Amen. Uh, abstain. That means run away from. Don't do it. All uh, from all appearance of evil. Amen. So you don't want to to uh, you certainly don't want to be involved in evil. But you also don't want to do things that would people would question your testimony or whatever. Amen? Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now, see, we have all these steps here. This is not to be turned into some legalistic, you know, draconian thing here. These are things that I feel are enjoyable. How about you? I enjoy rejoicing and singing praise to the Lord and clapping my hands and raising my hands and saying glory, hallelujah, and praise God. Amen. And then I I enjoy prayer and prayer meetings and prayer time, times of prayer. Amen. Amen. And uh, all these other things are good. They're they're good things. They're wholesome. They help us. They mature us. They grow us up. And it says, finally, the very God of peace, sanctify you holy. Hallelujah. Spirit, soul. I believe it means spirit, soul, and body. That we are cleansed and sanctified and cleaned by the word. Amen. By God. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. That's everything. <laughs> be 
preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that? How are we going to be preserved blameless? It's not by becoming legalistic rule mongers or merit mongers. He says how that's going to be. God's going to sanctify us. Now, folks, God's the only one that has the power. You can't sanctify yourself. Because the minute you you think you've done it, you you get in pride over uh, what an amazing creature in Christ you are, and then you that you really fall. So you can't sanctify yourself. You know, I wish the Pentecostal movement could have understood that in the early days because we just got on a rampage of we were going to sanctify ourselves, kind of. You know, you know, sew a ruffle on the end of that short skirt and Jesus will hear you when you pray. I mean, we actually heard stuff like that, like it was said and it was accepted. And so it's like craziness, as if that makes a difference, you know. Let me just give you a clue here. It doesn't mean you want to go around, you know, the Bible does talk about dressing modestly. But let me just tell you, the Lord has seen you naked. So you showing too much knee or whatever is not going to offend Jesus. That is the nuttiest thing. And so then there's people that go to the extreme and... We, we saw, <laughs> we saw when we were in Brazil, we saw this woman come into the restaurant and she wasn't appropriately dressed at all. Uh, she should have been arrested, actually. We saw everything her mama gave her, I'm telling you. You had to look away, you know, you like it. Oh boy, I don't want to look over there. Hold your menu up while you eat, you know. But you, how many understand what I'm saying? You know, you, you don't you don't cleanse yourself, spirit, soul, and body by keeping rules. Now, there's rules of social structure and things. You know, there's there's islands where people run around naked all the time, and nobody thinks anything about it because that's just their island. That's who they are. You know, but uh, it would be offensive and look like the appearance of evil to do that over here at. Uh, the International Plaza shopping area, waiting for a table for three hours at Cheesecake Factory. So, uh, you understand that? This, we don't have to explain that, do we? Please, on the Internet, just write Marie if you don't like it. Praise the Lord. Uh, but uh, don't write me. Write Marie. Um <laughs> She's in charge of the complaint department. We have a file. It's round. All right. Um, So the preserving blameless part, does that sound good to you, to be be preserved blameless? How many want to stand blameless before the Lord and not feel like you have to be ashamed in front of Him and Oh Lord, it's me again. I'm so sorry. I'm such a mess. You know, we don't. That's not how to approach the throne. Come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may find grace to help in time of need. We're not going to come boldly if you're all embarrassed and ashamed and 
and oh, I'm such a mess, and I can't keep the rules of the church, and uh, uh, you know. But it says here, oh, good, that's good and amplified. It says, see, God of peace Himself sanctify you. We got to have faith that God's doing the sanctification here. Now we have to cooperate with that. If we're, you know, if we're doing something, Bible says if uh, uh, he that knows to do something is sin and continues to do it, it is sin. But, um, you know, if you're doing something sinful and wrong and as a way of life, you know, you just need to fix it up, you know. Stop. Get a hold of yourself. Amen? But uh even that doesn't sanctify you. It says here, the God of peace himself sanctify us through and through, separate you from profane things. Make you pure and wholly consecrated to God. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't have to walk around ashamed and feel like, uh, you know, well, I, I tell you, Pastor David, I've got some, some rough areas. Oh, really? I'm shocked. I should pass out. You know, here I thought you were perfect. Come on. None of us are perfect. None of us always do it right every time and say it the best way every time or have always the highest thoughts and intentions. But we make an effort in some way to follow the Word and follow the Spirit. But knowing that beyond all that, and this is where folks get mad at the grace people, but the grace people are right about this one, is that we are sanctified by the Holy Ghost, by Jesus himself. Otherwise, we're, all we're doing is practicing another form of morality religion. And you can do that for a while, and then you'll trip up and fall down. So I would just rather have faith in the finished work of Christ. Amen. And say, Lord, you know, how many believe that God knows what your deals are? He knows where our weaknesses are. He knows where we stumble. He knows our our screw-ups. He understands that. But He loves us anyway. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And uh, that's, what, that's where we get the victory from is from that, uh, I believe, I'm going to claim this for myself, how about you, that I'm going to say, according to this scripture, I am sanctified by God himself, through and through. That means pure from head to toe and everything in between, amen? All the way through, through and through. Through and through sounds good, doesn't it? You know, if you bake cornbread or a cake, it needs to be, it needs to be, uh, cooked through and through. It needs to be finished. Otherwise, you're gonna have a gummy middle or something not good. So, we, we need to be baked, <laughs> sanctified through and through, finished, and separated from profane things. Doesn't mean we walk around in white robes all the time, you know, and being weird. It just means that we, uh, we understand that God has done a great work in us. And, uh, say, well, you need to be humble. That is humble because we're saying God's done it, not me. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a lack of humility to say that. It's a lack of humility to start trying to take credit for what only God can do.
Right? All right, that's enough yelling and screaming and hollering. I hope you got something out of that. Praise God forevermore. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord tonight for the word and for the opportunity to come together tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all the praise and honor. And we thank you, Lord, for a continued uh, great week and weekend. We thank you for a move of God here Sunday with Brother Larry. And uh, just uh, we thank you that people will testify to healing and and provision and all kinds of blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.